Welcome to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming live to CHD TV. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. Um, and with me today, Javier wasn't able to make it. I'm bringing on Bob Reynolds, who's Vice President of Informed Choice Washington. And jumping in at last minute, Bob, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Great to be here, Bernadette. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to get a little bit of the fiddly bits out of the way. So I want to say that the views expressed um, on this show are not necessarily those of CHD or KKNW. And we are in the silly season, which means we may be mentioning some bill numbers and all that. And and Informed Choice Washington is a C4, so we can men mention those numbers and tell you our opinion. And boy, Bob and I do have opinions, don't we, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> we might be getting into those maybe in the second hour um, of the show. So, you know, I just want to start off. I, I, I say this every week. I love how our theme music, you know, when I when the show first started and I was searching for music and came across We Need a Revolution, it just felt so right and it continues to feel right. And the, the revolution, though, is underway. I don't know that I ever... I'm a hopeless optimist, Bob, but I'm not sure that I really knew that within the span of time that we would still be on the show, that the revolution would be underway. But it is, you know, more and more people are understanding what's going on on all levels of their life, um, how they need to stand up and rise up peacefully together, hold hands, speak truth, spread the truth. Like Dr. Malone said, quoting a philosopher, the truth is like a lion, set it free and it will defend itself. But it's been the setting the free, setting truth free that's been so hard and setting the truth free, which is what's been happening more and more. It's like you see the fissures, you see the, the dandelion punching through the crack of the concrete, which was censorship. And um, have you been watching any of the the video coverage of the congressional uh, hearings um, about the FBI colluding with the social media companies? I haven't seen the coverage, but I have been reading some of the articles, probably not on the mainstream media, but certainly yeah. some quotes and outtakes of some of yeah. the whistleblower data is amazing. And that's a reason confirming a reason why the truth hasn't been allowed to be set free. Yeah. And it's, it's so shocking. And, you know, what would we have done? I think without, I mean, we were moving in this direction anyway, without Elon Musk buying Twitter, but the fact that he bought Twitter and all of that information that was behind the scenes came to light to show, I mean, I'm just so grateful every day that we've got all of this um, to just, and some of them, Bob, it was just, it was just appalling because there would be somebody there from, there was somebody from the state department that was being quizzed. They know why they're there. They're being summoned. They show up, they're sitting there and they're being asked by a, you know, a legislator, a, a congressman, um, 
did the United States fund um, research on coronavirus? And they respond, the response is, you know, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and check on that. You know, this individual knows. And if it's, it's not going to take much to prove the individual knows. And, and then that's lying to Congress. And that is that a felony to lie to Congress? I mean, it's it's pretty steep penalty. I'm not sure what it is to lie to Congress, but there's an awful lot of I don't know or not to the best of my recollection that I'm not sure is going to stand up in court because they darn well can recollect. Um, so it, it's coming forward. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. Um, and one of the one of the things that really needs to come forward and come to light are how dangerous products were ever allowed onto the market and how Americans and American employers were convinced to coerce their employees to get these shots to keep their jobs. And we have our first guest, our guest this first hour. Her name is Danielle Baker. Uh, she's a registered nurse. And Danielle was a was certified hospice and palliative palliative care nurse. And, you know, in 2019, I lost both um, Pop and my mom. And I had a lot of time spent with some nurses, especially some in palliative care. And I've got to say, these are beautiful angels, beautiful souled people that work in this, this part of nursing. Um, and they really help make um, the end of mom and pop's life, especially my mama who is home in hospice, you know, really feel nurtured and love a loving environment. Um, and that's what she did, Danielle did. So she spent the last 17 years caring for her patients in hospice care. In June of 2021, she was coerced into taking the COVID-19 vaccine, I say in air quotes, after her former employer issued an email stating a July deadline if the employee wanted to maintain all of their benefits. So that's coercion and undue influence, both. Um, having a family to care for, she couldn't afford to lose her job, so she reluctantly took the Pfizer jabs. Within two and a half weeks after her last shot, she became completely disabled suffering from severe neurological issues, demyelination of the spine, and getting the diagnosis of transverse myelitis, which her doctor confirmed was due to the Pfizer jab. Um, I'm gonna leave the rest of the story for Danielle, but there she is. Hi, Danielle, welcome to an Informed Life Radio. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, you know, we can't really express enough how much we appreciate you coming forward. Um, we can hear in your voice the difficulty, the medical difficulty you're going through, that it's making it's even challenging for you to speak. Um, so we're going to go at whatever pace you feel comfortable with. And, you know, you, you jump in or, or jump back if we're pushing you <laughs> too hard. So how are you feeling today? Let's start with how you're feeling. Uh, about my average day, I have difficulties that I need help with, and um, my pain is uh, about normal, tired and fatigued. I spend mm -hmm. a lot of time sleeping, sometimes four days, but not bad to a day. Oh, good. I'm glad that you're feeling a little bit able, you know, able to be enough to be here today. Um, 
So what I would like to ask you is to kind of think back. I mean, everybody seems to define their life now as, you know, we've got AD, BC, and now everything's um, BC, which is before COVID. <laughs> what was your life before COVID? And what did you think about vaccines before COVID? What was your your thought process? Uh, as the far as the vaccinations go, I really didn't hold um, a strong opinion either way. I've always felt that you should be able to decide what you put into your body and nobody should be able to tell you that. And that's always been a strong um, belief system of mine. So uh, for my personal view, um, I did get my child vaccinated, uh, which I do believe contributed to his autism. Um, so, I, and again, I, I didn't put things together because I didn't have a reason until it happened to me. Um, before, oh, go ahead. I was going to say many people are the same way. It was, you're, we're taught society, culture, everything saturates us to believe. Um, yeah, uh, Bob's pointing to a sign behind him, the VI event, the vaccine injury event in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. Um, you know, you trust, you want to trust the white coat, you want to trust your public health department, you want to trust the CDC and FDA, all the oversight agencies. And we are taught as a society that people who don't vaccinate or question vaccines, they're crazy anti-vaxxers, they're anti-science, they're tinfoil hat wearers, you know, which of course you learned the hard way is just the opposite. Um, you, you've never met a mom who has read more science than you until you meet a mom whose child or who themselves were um, harmed by a vaccine product. And this is really a consumer protection issue. Mm -hmm. um, and we won't get into all the politics of why all the mass marketing is out there um, to deny the harms and, and prevent improvement safety of the products. But um, a lot of us were the same. Most of the people who are awake uh, began as trusting. Yeah. So how, yeah. And, um, it's a little bit of an aside, but how old is your son and how is he today? Um, he is a, a nine. Um, he is, um, high functioning, but he has problems, um, that we're trying to uh, manage. Um, we just started, uh, the root, brand products for myself and him um, to see if we can't uh, detox our bodies to help uh, alleviate some of the symptoms that we have from the injuries. Okay. It sounds like one of those odd situations where it might actually be bonding you and your son together on this journey of healing together. He was excited. I was on um, a Zoom call and he came on with me and he was mm -hmm. excited.
decided to start it because he's aware of his uh, problems mm -hmm. and he doesn't like feeling the way that he does either. Okay. Well, I'm glad there's like a little silver lining to that, that you mom and son on this healing journey together. And haven't we got some amazing, brilliant minds that are working so hard to try to find solutions. So I'm so glad that for both of you. Um, that's so good. So here you were, you're at work. Um, you know, you pretty much had trust in the beginning, but now it sounds like you're being a little bit more of a critical thinker with the vaccine and you wanted to sort of explore this new shot came, comes along and what, you know, you didn't want to get it, but you had to get it. What made you think you didn't want to get it? How much research did you do? Uh, my first gut reaction was the speed at which they said, we're gonna make it and bring it to market. My rudimentary knowledge of medications, even fast-tracked medications, still take so long to get approval. I don't care how much money they had. It doesn't give long-term data on the effects of this on humans. So that was my alarming factor, the very reason I didn't want to get it. Right. I mean, they didn't have time machines, did they? It doesn't matter if you do everything in parallel. There is no way to get long-term data without waiting long-term. Exactly. You just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bob, you're mute. They, yeah. they could have possibly done some animal studies since they live in shorter lifespans that you know mimic a full lifespan but they didn't do right. animal studies and no. that's still just a a bad uh proxy yeah. and then you bring in uh, pregnant women and children and those are our most protected traditionally group of people in trials for medications. It just is sickening how everything happened. It, it really reveals, you know, there's so many layers here and, and I want to focus on you and your journey. So we won't go down all those rabbit holes, but it, it just really shows the corporate capture of the pharmaceutical industry of our oversight agencies that for the past decade, more and more vulnerable people, they used to say, you need to get the shot, even though the shots didn't work that way. You need to get the shot to protect all these other people, pregnant women, people with immune that are immune compromised, little babies, all that, but more and more they're vaccinating those people anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. And and without proper studies and, you know, uh, for the most part, any vaccine given to a pregnant woman is an off-label use. They, they did it for decades with the Tdap and only recently did the FDA license it for use in pregnancy for protection of the infant. Um, but, you know, if you go read all of the studies that they say um, back up that, that's safe and effective, 
you know, first of all, the vast majority of them exclude non-live um, birth outcomes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's going to look safe if you exclude everybody that it harmed. And then, of course, on the day of birth, the, the child's exposed to a shot on the day of birth. So how do you assess the health of a baby of a product exposure if they got it in utero, in utero and then they get it within hours of birth. It's impossible. So, okay. But anyway, we won't go there, but I believe people are waking up to this. They're seeing, they're seeing that everything has gone astray. And what really infuriates me the most is that billions, are we into the trillions? Maybe I don't know. It's ungodly how much money they spent rolling these shots out onto the planet and not a single dime was set aside or or channeled to ensure anyone who was injured was helped in any way. Not a penny. That is amazing when you think about it that way too. It's not anywhere. They, they spent $2 billion to promote the vaccine products. And yeah, and not a penny. And if you want to try to get money out of the countermeasures um, compensation program, and they haven't paid out of there, the limitations that the, the like the statute of limitations and the narrow definition of who can even try to apply and they don't pay for your legal fees <laughs> and they don't pay for your legal fees. And then it caps out at like, I don't remember what it caps out at, but it's way less than your legal fees would have been. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think uh, the most that you can recover is uh, $370,000, which if you're applying and you only have a year to do it, you're not going to have that much in lost wages. You're never going to be able to compensate what they have done to us. You just aren't. No, no, it's, we, and we, as a nation, as a world, we have to try to figure out to help the injured as we try to stop it and make sure it never happens again. We, we don't want you to feel abandoned. And all of the people like your son, really, who was abandoned by the oversight agencies. And then like Bob was pointing to the wall where he's got the framed from the vaccine injury event, the decades of harm. Um, COVID couldn't have happened if vaccine safety reform and oversight had happened pre-COVID but they had this framework all in place where they knew that they could coerce and compel and keep pushing the marketing lies. And um, we'll tell you right now. So, um, and we're going to talk about more in the second hour, but in Washington state and here I'm in Tennessee and in Tennessee, uh, we've got bills filed that um, aim to restrict what public health agencies and government agencies in our states can say about drugs, vaccines, and medical devices. We're going to, we, we aim to limit them to what the product manufacturers can say uh, via EUA regulations or product licensing. What that will do is make it so that um, the public health departments can't put all this messaging out there that it's safe during pregnancy, that it will prevent transmission, um, you know, all of these things that they say, which are just marketing messages, they're just ad messages that Pfizer can't say, Moderna can't say, because there, there is insufficient data to make that claim. 
so why should government agencies be able to lie to the public? So we're going to try to remedy that in our states if we can. It's a hard push through, right? But we're going to um, we're at least moving in that direction, um, which will be one of the the big fixes that's been a long time coming. That is just uh, wonderful. Uh, thank you from a vaccine injured person for pushing uh, that because that is the things that are needed. Yes, they are. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we're, we're honored to do it for you. So here you are, you're faced with the decision. Um, you know, you were really concerned because it hadn't had phase three trial studies, no long-term studies, but you had to make the financial decision. You got to care for your family. And so you got the shot after you got the first one. Did you have any reaction after the first one? Uh, looking back, I did um, uh, about 18 days after the first one, I experienced a lot of back pain that sent me to the ER and I was cleared with it, them saying muscle spasm or something, mm -hmm. uh, which I believed at that point. Um, I learned that that was probably a reaction because about 18 to 20 days after my second one, I had the same back pain. Only this time it took away my function. Oh, wow. That must, I just can't imagine how devastating that must have been. But there's a term for that in science is if something occurs again upon, you know, re-exposure. Do you, Bob, are you familiar with that term? I wish I could remember that term. Uh, Re-challenge, I think is what it's called. Oh, if, you know, if it happens again, you know, it's, it's one of those indicators um, that shows in the scientific realm that that's leading toward ca causality. Mm -hmm. If upon re-challenge, you get the symptoms again. But this time, this time it took away so much from you. And so the, those are the only, you had the first two shots. Did, were there any boosters after that? Or that, that was it? That, okay. that was it. That How was long it. after that second shot? You said it was like another 18, 20 days? Around the same time period, yes. Mm. I had a fall on the day of my second shot um mm. in in that fall i ended up injuring my shoulder the same arm i had the shot in um i my husband convinced me to go to the er the next day because the pain was excruciating up into my face causing numbness and in symptoms that should not have been present from a, a fall. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked that emergency room physician um, if it could be related to the shot I had the day before, not thinking transverse myelitis, thinking 
Maybe they got it in the blood vessel. Maybe something happened because they don't aspirate when they do shots to check to see if it's in the right place. Well, it ended that uh, in reality, it was the start of the fat, nope, shot attacking my spinal cord. Oh, I'm, I, I keep finding myself being just wordless because it's so shocking that they would do this to you. Um, and I was, I'm going to pull up here in a second, the list of adverse events of special interest that the FDA and, um, and the CDC knew about that they were going to monitor for, but they didn't bother telling the ER doctors, watch for these. There's biological plausibilities. These, these two, these, these lists that are, that overlap, they didn't just pull adverse reactions out of a thin air and say, gee, let's watch for this. Let's see if lizards come out of their ears. No, they, they based it on known science, known reactions to ingredients such as the lipid nanoparticle, uh, known mRNA experiments, clinical trials, all of this. They came together the best guess of some of the worst things that might possibly happen they should watch for, but they failed to tell anybody. So here you are, you're going to the ER and all these others, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people going to the doctor saying, could it be the shot? They were not told, they were not equipped to even think, well, no, we were just told anaphylaxis, but that happens in the first 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's just a bad coincidence. You know, vaccination is the leading cause of coincidence in the world. It, it and I, there was uh, um, the document that you're talking about. Was that from the October, I think, 2020 FDA? Yes. List? Yeah. Yep. I, I just get so angry when I know that. Because when I went to the ER for the first time and asked about it, I was dismissed within 30 minutes. Wow. I opened my mouth. I questioned something and they dismissed me. Yeah. Yep. So here, here we have one. Here is the FDA safety surveillance of COVID-19 vaccines. This was their draft working list of possible adverse reactions. So you've got, do you have the Acute disseminated encephalitis, is that or transverse myelitis? Which of these is you? Transverse myelitis, I believe it's number four. Yeah, I see right here, transverse myelitis. Okay, so we've got another one that's a numbered list. Do I have that down here? Preliminary. I've got so many lists that from different sources that they posted to each other, but never to the people who needed to see it. Um, it's yeah, so infuriating. And, and I have the, here's the transcript from when it was presented. It said, we're planning on at this time, monitoring 10 to 20 safety outcomes of interest to be determined sort of on a variety of factors. One is on the pre-market review of sponsor safety data submitted to FDA. So we'll be looking very closely at that data and especially the phase three safety data 
to identify potential safety questions of interest. But they didn't complete the phase three trial studies. They unblinded the, the phase three trial studies. So this is gone. There is no phase three to look at. And then it said, we're also going to be looking at the literature and regulatory experience with these vaccines and any experience or knowledge gained from looking at the vaccine platforms and their use in past vaccines and other relevant data. You know, so they based it all on, uh, you know, experienced uh, with the product, with the product ingredients, and didn't tell anybody and didn't fund. If they knew this was going to happen, where was the funding to treat people like you who they knew this could happen to? And, and if I understand or remember correctly, in that same document, they wrote they will not be looking at theirs for adverse outcomes. Mm -hmm. They would only be looking at, I believe, Medicare um, reports for adverse outcomes. And, and I could be wrong at who it is, but I know that they were not considering theirs as a source. Well, yeah, I don't remember um, myself coming across that. I could see where they might be looking at like the VSD, the Vaccine Safety Data uh, Program that they have. It's a collection of about like eight hospitals where they, they can look at the data. It's much more complete than VAERS. And what I've noticed is if they want to prove a connection or an association in a particular way, and they want good data, they'll use VSD. But if they want to prove to say something is very uncommon, it's very rare, but they know it actually happens, but they want to really avoid going there, they'll use VAERS data. It, it's and just absurd. Yeah. When I was in the hospital going down the rabbit hole, because I had no idea what was happening to me. I looked at transverse myelitis in the vaccine. Um, when I had my MRI, it wasn't until a month after my shot because I refused to keep going to ERs where I was dismissed um, that day, they showed the C3 through C7 is what the shot attacked, my body attacked because of the shot. The ER doctor sat down with us in that hospital, and I'll never forget, he looked at us in the first thing that he said was that he was sorry mm. and he said his sister helped to work on the mrna technology a while back and it was never met for this reason mm. and he apologized to us for wow. for that so I knew, and he was the first one to document 
in my medical record what was going on mm-hmm. as I went down the rabbit hole of research I found that transverse myelitis halted the study mm-hmm. and four people I believe got transverse myelitis but amazingly enough they found other reasons for them getting it. And so the study went forward. And to this day, it's not a recognized problem. So what most Americans have no idea when vaccine clinical trials are done, the company that stands to make billions is the ones who get to decide whether an adverse event is a result of the shot or just chance. And, you know, they always weigh on the side, but, oh, it wasn't our shot. It wasn't our shot, right? It's, it, it, people have no idea. They think that, cl- that clinical trials are some neutral third party, intense oversight, making sure nobody cheats. Absolutely not. The, all this is coming to light. Um, but so I, I, I read in your uh, report here that you checked and nobody had filed. Nobody had filed a VAERS report for you. So you filed one for yourself and then it disappeared? I, I, on the day after I was released from the hospital, I was uh, talking to my husband, reviewing things, and I realized no one asked what um, shot I got or a lot number or anything. So that clued me that no one probably had filed a report. Now, Mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar with theirs. It's not something they teach us in nursing school. That was something... I uncovered in my rabbit hole. And Mm -hmm. so I went in, I filed my own report, uploaded documentation and everything, as well as sending an email to MedWatch and the FDA, Mm -hmm. all on August the 4th. I didn't go back. I just, I don't know what why I just didn't until I was clued by somebody a couple months ago to pull my report. I tried and I tried in several different ways and it's not there. It's not there. Did you have a, a there's number to search for? So I did, but it was on my work And by that time, I didn't have my work phone anymore because I had lost my job. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry that you lost your job, that you've kind of lost everything. Uh, When you file a VAERS report, 
there's another um, vaccine injured woman that I know. She was injured by the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and she's she's doing a fantastic job of detailing everything, doing all this amazing research, so much correspondence. She's putting all this together, and one of these days we'll all probably be able to read it in a book and and be able to see it. She's an amazing uh, documenter. One of the things that she learned, and she's revealed and tweeted about it, is that after you first file a VAERS report. And, you, and people can find it, if you subsequently update, because you can send in updates to, to VAERS and, and update your circumstance, the public never sees the updates. So if your first file is, you know, I'm having trouble walking, or I've got a migraine, or my stomach hurts, and then the next day you're on a feeding tube, and the next day you're paralyzed, and that gets sent in, we only learn about the stomach ache. And, you know, my back hurts or whatever. The public never sees that. And she has in writing an email communication with um, with the, the various people about that, that you never see it. And what I'm wondering at this stage, when scientists do studies using VAERS data, are they using only the public facing VAERS? Do research scientists get access to the full data? I got to wonder. I don't think they do. That's a very interesting question. And I would have to agree with you. If they don't make it public from the papers that I have read, most of them pull just from the public accessed VAERS report. They yeah. don't do a deep dive. That's been my experience from the papers I have read. Yeah. So how many more people subsequently became either disabled or they passed away? And that's not showing up in the numbers. It's it, There's just so much to fix. Um, so I want to, I want to move forward a little bit and start moving toward um, so what's going on, you know, now with you, um, what sort of healing modalities are you doing? Um, you know, what can, I don't know, as a movement <laughs> ideas of how to support you, how to support others of how we push through all of this. Uh, as the far as, I go, I am at what they feel is my maximum medical improvement. So I am completely disabled for life. Um, I require a walker, wheelchair, scooter. Um, I can use my cane around the house with the modifications that we uh, made. Um, I suffer from bed sores. I have issues with my bodily functions. Some days I'm twisted in a pretzel because of muscle spasms. Um, I, I just... I... I never know what I'm going to wake up to if I go to sleep. 
I never know how bad it will be. And that's one of the main reasons I step forward and I try to advocate because there are so many like me in the Mm -hmm. same situations Mm -hmm. and we need the help. We are so thankful for platforms like this that get our our voice out, but we need to figure out the next step in what we do. Um, mm-hmm. I have been um, blessed um, and given um, a uh, access to uh, Remen Nursing with Kimberly Overton and Nursing <laughs> Network. I know Kimberly. She's been on the show. I love Kimberly. She is wonderful. Um, so I, she's um, bringing me on to the vaccine injured program along with the root brand product. Um, so I'm doing that with, I, I don't have any expectations. I pray for yeah. healing. But right mm-hmm. now, I pray for symptom management. I'll be happy with that. Um, yeah. And it's already uh, helped. Um, along oh, along uh, with that, um, I have several injured friends. And um, we um, are invited sometimes to go to speaking engagements. So we do try to do those as finances allow us to. Mm-hmm. Um, we just last night um, had a, a meeting and I uh, have joined up with, um, oh, Operation Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a program for um military um they don't have a stance on vaccines they just want to get answers and help mm-hmm. so there are a lot of things um that are in in plan for that as oh, oh well um that's my healing and that's how i get through besides my family and my friends your dear family and friends and your beautiful boy um as as part of your healing protocol we heard for a long time about uh, fasting intermittent fasting but i don't you know sometimes if somebody's in a delicate health situation like you it's difficult to fast is is that something that's part of what you do i actually my body does it naturally um Mm. a lot of times i fast until dinner time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll drink through the day, but I mainly have a dinner. So I try to listen to my body. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that in combination with other things are, are going to be promising for me. Yes. And it, it's really amazing how 
our bodies can heal when they're given the right support and you know and i'm trying to intentionally do the intermittent fasting and when i start getting hungry about an hour 14 15 i just imagine my little cells are so happily repairing you know and it gives me a little strength to push it another hour and push it another hour i'm thinking you know there's something some other thing that's been healed and recovered and and made well so i'm glad that you're able to do it and i'm glad that it's kind of part of your able to do it naturally within your rhythms. Um, because the last thing I want you to have to do is deprive yourself of something dear. Cause it's there's, you know, we, you know, those little pleasures in life, you know, that get us through one minute to the next. Sometimes it is that little treat to come along. And um, what about um, hyperbaric oxygen treatment? Is that something um, that you've considered? Um, it is, uh, but um financially that's just not an option for us um mm. we have spent um around twenty five thousand dollars just last year in medical bills mm -hmm. and we'll be needing to spend that again this year so okay. It's, um, it's well, a lot. Yeah. So the beauty of fasting is it's free. And if you're able to tolerate it, anybody can do it. Um, the hyperbaric oxygen is not. And so you make me think that perhaps because we're friends with him, maybe he's living, listening now. Hey, Ted Fogarty, are you listening? Um, uh, you know, I know some people in the hyperbaric oxygen world and just amazing the recovery they can that can be done. And I'm thinking that maybe we need to have a powwow and see if we can figure out some sort of HBOT angel service or something to try to help some of the some people who can't otherwise get it, try to get you some of this healing. And then there's there are some other and and, and Dr. Ted Fogarty knows about these two um oxygen therapies that might be not as expensive that maybe could be brought aboard to help speed healing <clears throat> because when you give it that pressure what well, we got to get ted on again um to talk about maybe it would be interesting to to know if he knows of any studies hey ted call in the show i don't know the numbers hey nathan if you've got the number handy give me the give me the number to the show and we'll get ted to call in to say have you ever done transverse mellitus in your in your chambers let's find out <laughs> <laughs> and you know th these sort of things so if we find out there's modalities that that show promise mm -hmm. i don't want something as in well not inconsequential but you know what i mean material world of of as money to get in the way of beautiful souls mm -hmm. being healed and so if we can try to figure out a way i'm not making any promises here i'm just saying let's let's just find the avenues of what needs to be got by gum and let's make Pfizer pay for it <laughs> in some way. Really. I, 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 so I hope one day someone calls upon me to go to Congress with them and speak. I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, let, I I think that might be happening. You've been you've been on you're on Children's Self Defense right now. You're on CHD TV as well as the radio show, and you've been on some of the other shows. And people are starting to know who you are. 
And uh, so hopefully that opportunity will arise for people to hear to hear you and see your lovely smile. You, I mean, you just light up when you smile. I can imagine what a joy you were to people um, when you were a hospice nurse in the palliative care because you, you've got, and now you're having to turn that gentle soul inward, like heal myself, <laughs> comfort myself, right? Um, yeah, what a gift that you have. And, and I hope someday you get to share that once again. Do you miss nursing? Do you miss that aspect? Yeah. With everything I have. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry for, for that. I planned on retiring uh, from hospice. I loved it. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is a beautiful, like I said at the beginning with, with my folks, and especially with my mom, I got to experience some really amazing, um, amazing people that came and, and help us in that very difficult time, made it a loving journey for all of us. And, and I can it, tell you're a part of that. Yeah. It's a, a sad and it's a hard journey, mm -hmm. but it can be so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if, has anybody set up for you, do you or do you have, is there somewhere if anybody wants to help you contribute a little bit to help with your medical um, payment? Is there a place they can go donate to help you out? Uh, we do have a give, send, a go. Oh, um, good. If you go to their website and type in uh, Danielle Baker or the Clover's nurse, then you'll pull me up. Um, we use that uh, to pay our medical stuff. And if we do have um, some left, we do use it to help me travel to speak at engagements uh, to help advocate against what they're what they did to you, my dear. Exactly. I'm going to share that. I found that. Is this the right one? Did I find, let's see, it'll pop up here in just a second. I just shared it. There we go. The coerced nurse, Danielle Baker. There you are. Is that you in the hospital with yeah. all the stuff behind you? So, um, so if anybody can, you know, got a little bit extra and you want to help Danielle continue on her healing journey, help her heal and help her travel to share her story and inspire others to share their stories. Because when the injured speak up, legislators listen, doctors listen, more people listen, they become brave. And what we really need is everybody to clasp hands and stand up as one so we can put an end to this and then we can make the changes so that it never happens again. So I, this is um, Give, Send, Go. So I just searched Give, Send, Go the coerced nurse, Danielle Baker, and you can get to it. And let's, let's give her a little bit of love today and, and, and help her on this healing journey. Uh, we got like one more minute. Uh, last words to you, uh, Danielle. Stop the shot. There's so much pain in so many of us. Just listen. 
just investigate. And if there is anybody out there that's injured or feel they may be injured, step forward. There is such a big support group out here. And we do what we can to help because we know how bad it is to go through this. So don't hesitate to reach out to uh, me on Facebook. You can look up COVID vaccine injured on Facebook and find many support groups. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you for your courage. Um, our, our love and our prayers are, are going your way. And if you ever need anything and you think we can help, you reach out to us, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. You're God welcome. bless. Thank you. So you've been listening to an Inform Life radio on 1150 AM KKNW TV. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got Dr. Henley with us. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one-world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the host of this program and not KKNW. This is Alternative Talk 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KNUC 98.9 HD3 Seattle. And as we take a break between these two hours of an informed life radio, I'm Nate here in Alternative Talk 1150 AM for a four o'clock traffic update. 
Right now, I-5 southbound from Lake City Way up until I-90 is stop and go all the way, with more congestion occurring between Boeing Field and around the Des Moines area. Now northbound on I-5, pretty choppy right now, heading north all the way from 520 up to the northern 405 interchange. Now looking at 405, southbound is bumper to bumper from the 520 bridge up until Newcastle. And northbound is struggling through the Renton S-curves as well as between Kirkland and Woodenville. Lastly, down south, 167, having a difficult time right now from 405 up until Kent at the 516. And that's it for this traffic update. We have more Informed Life Radio coming up after the news break. NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. The Pentagon says a high-altitude object that posed a threat to the U.S. was shot down today after it entered American airspace. A general said it was detected flying over Alaska at 40,000 feet. President Biden ordered it to be taken down almost a week after a Chinese surveillance balloon was shot down over the U.S. The president will travel to Poland later this month ahead of the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine. He will meet President Duda of Poland to discuss our bilateral cooperation as well as our collective efforts to support Ukraine. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said the president will visit Poland, which borders Ukraine February 20th through the 22nd. He's expected to deliver remarks on how the U.S. has rallied international support for Ukraine to defend itself from Russia's invasion. Over 23,000 people are dead after the 7.8 magnitude earthquake that rocked Turkey and Syria days ago. About 19,000 of those deaths happened in Turkey. More than 80,000 have been injured. It looks like Disney World's self-governing status in Florida is over. The newly passed bill gives the state more control over Disney World's board, which handles local governance. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis started the push to end Disney self-governance after the company came out against the parental rights in education bill. Wall Street is closing mixed to end a volatile week. Liz Warner reports. Investors continuing to weigh quarterly earnings along with recent commentary from Fed officials. Lyft shares tanked more than 30 percent on a disappointing fourth quarter report. At the closing bell today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 169 points, the S&P 500 rose 9 points, and the Nasdaq fell 71 points. I'm Liz Warner. The NFL is facing a lawsuit for allegedly limiting games and driving up costs for its popular NFL Sunday ticket. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clearer skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. And now for your Alternative Talk weather outlook. For today, we'll have partly sunny skies throughout the day along with scattered showers, giving us a high near 50 and southern winds around 10 miles per hour. Overnight, mostly cloudy with a low around 40. 
Heading into the weekend, we'll have partly sunny skies on Saturday, bringing us a high near 47 and a low around 36. And finally for Sunday, a slight chance of rain, high near 48. The views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. This program is sponsored by Informed Choice Washington. Hello and welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. My co-host today is Bob Runnels, also of Informed Choice Washington. Hey, Bob. Hello, hello. How are so, you? I'm good. Thank you for being here with me. And, you know, my heart and prayers go to uh, Danielle, I, her journey. Nobody should ever have had to go through that. And let's do what we can to make it never happen again. And one of the key players, Bob, to stop in the madness is coming on right now. Dr. Henley, Dr. Henry Ely, uh, Dr. H. He goes by many names. There he is. <laughs> last minute. Hey, um, thank you so much for jumping on at the last minute with us here today. I've missed you. I missed you too. It was interesting. Um, I was actually thinking about you right before you texted. So we must have had some kind of Reiki thing going on right there. Huh? Oh, I love it. I, I love the thought of that. I, I, I so admire you to think that I was in your thoughts um, at that time just makes me very happy. <laughs> Um, so, sir, uh, I don't even, you know, been on so many times, you know, to the people who are new, you're, you're a naturopath, you're a brilliant researcher, you're a scientist, you're an amazing writer, you are a activist, you're going for a congressional, um, oh no, it's not congressional, um, okay, help well, me out here. Well, we are, if they would actually do something besides complaining on, on social media yeah. and realize <laughs> that they actually have a lot more power than they're utilizing, yeah. Yeah. Congressional. <laughs> okay. Congressional oversight. I mean, you know, you, you kind of do it all. You're my Renaissance man right here. So, you know, you've only got a short time. I know you've just, you're working so hard. So I'm going to let you kind of tell us what you're up to and what we can help you with. Well, um, I think the first thing is on the legal side. Uh, we were really excited to see this week, uh, Thailand, the Royal family of Thailand saying, no, we're not going to pay Pfizer. Um, hopefully we see a whole bunch of other countries following in their footsteps. Um, I just was in an exchange, not with, uh, representative Thomas Massey, but certainly, um, firing off a bunch of comments and something that he had just published saying that the, um, prep act has been extended indefinitely as a part of the contractual, um, the contract language that the government signed with Pfizer and Moderna. Now I haven't confirmed that yet. Uh, my understanding was that it was going to be good and through 2024, but uh, maybe there is language in the contract that says that it's good indefinitely. So it gives them that secondary prep act protection uh, in addition to the 1986 national childhood vaccine injury act. And of course they just got that protection today because the CDC, the lying criminals that they are um, added the COVID shot to the, to the child's uh, childhood schedule. 
It's my understanding, and I need to to go explore it further, but it's my understanding that the first step is to get it on the schedule, but the Health and Human Services Secretary has to do some sort of declaration, and it has to be added to the um, vaccine injury table before it fully becomes so that it's, you know, you still can't apply to them for an injury yet. Right. That is, that is correct. You'd have to, you'd have to go through, um, it has to be added to the vaccine injury table. The vaccine injury table, as we know, is woefully um, in error. When you read the vaccine injury table, it has no connection to the vaccine inserts and the post-marketing data that is acquired in them. So, um, you know, it gives them the opportunity to misinterpret an injury and say, well, it's not in the vaccine table, even though it's in the vaccine insert and say that because it's not on the table, therefore they can throw your claim out of court. So we, we've mm-hmm. seen that happening so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's it's a it's a system that needs to die. It was really what it, where it comes down to. This, this whole system is a farce and the whole system is predicated upon this ridiculous notion of 42 USC 300 AA-11 and 42 USC 300 AA-22, which gives the um, shop makers the uh, complete immunity. The only company that has immunity from liability when their product injures or kills another person, especially a little baby. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm a little hot right now, Bernadette, to tell you the truth, because that step that the CDC, the criminal criminals doing crime is what I'm calling them now. What the CDC um, did today, of course, they always do it on Friday. They always do it at the end of the day. So it misses the week long news cycle and everybody goes off and to the weekend and comes back and it's just like it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did that today. Um, and it's the first step before the health and human services and, and CBER, um, uh, the CBR secretary signs it in and it's, it's just, it's a sham. It's just, it, it, it has nothing to do with health and safety of our children. It has everything mm-hmm. to do with profitability for people who are already making ridiculous profits off the murdering of our children. And it, it's, I've just, I've had enough of playing nice and treating all of this with kid gloves yeah. and everything. We have to start having some bold conversations at the very least. When you have somebody like Rochelle Walensky, who's supposed to be getting grilled, but she's getting softball questions. And then she's able to step aside from the questions and give the answer she wants to answer. And there's no holding her in contempt. There's no yeah. arresting her on the scene. And saying that's enough, yeah. you lied under oath. That's an. This is this is all this is all just uh, this right. is brothers Barnum and Bailey circus that's going I mean, on right yeah. now. I mean, I, you- hold. I want to. Um, hopefully, the sound will play here. You guys, let me know if it doesn't. I wanted to play her response to why they added the vaccine to the children's schedule. So is this playing scheduling brand new bivalent booster shots for this age group? You know, considering the children are at very low risk from COVID-19, 75% of children have already caught the virus and the, and the vaccine is known to do pretty little to, to prevent transmission in this age group. I'm really grateful that you asked that question so I can correct the record here so that everybody understands. First of all, we've had 2,000 pediatric deaths from COVID-19. It's the number one respiratory killer um, that was just published last week in JAMA. Lie. So, um, less infect- less uh, deadly than an, in- to an 80-year-old, but still deadly for a pediatric infection. Lie. The important thing I think that's really uh, that we need to recognize is the reason that ACIP recommended and CDC put forward getting the COVID-19 vaccine on the pediatric schedule is not, it was 
was only because it would it was the only way it could be covered in our vaccines for children's program. It was the only way that our uninsured children would be able to have access to the vaccine. Lie. That was the reason to put it on the schedule. It can't Lie. be eligible for vaccines for children's program for to be available to the under, uninsured unless it is on that schedule. That was the reason yeah. to put it there. Thank you. Right. And so uh, the the the, I'm going to let you speak here, but one of the most infuriating things is once a shot's on the schedule, we know the machinery kicks in. There are some states whose school entry requirements exactly. match what's on the CDC schedule. So right. they're not they they're not going to say, oh, gosh, it's only there so that poor kids can have it paid for if they opt to get it. No, they're going to say it's on the schedule. You have to get it. And then you're going to go to the doctor's office and you're going to say, oh, let's well, recommend CDC. You need to get it. It's not, oh, it's only there because of poor kids. Right. And why would you want to poison poor kids, you know, anyway? So yeah. you go. So I'm getting mad, too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it, and it should be. I mean, we should have a righteous anger about this. These are children. Right. And what they're doing is they're saying, we're going to hold your education hostage if you don't turn your child into a pincushion for the pharmaceutical industry. And that if, and if yeah, yeah I, I don't care anymore. I'm, I've, I'm done with the kids' gloves and the political correctness, and we should meet your kumbaya, and then maybe they'll come to their moralistic center again. And they have no morals. All right. They have no morals. We have to start stop treating these people as if they are humans with compassion. They don't have compassion. They don't have intellect. What they have is a complete and utter narrative about getting total control handed over from the people to a group that profits off the demise of the people. And okay. if they can get it at the childhood level, they will. What is infuriating about this is in the same in the, in the same exchange, not that exchange right there, but in the same um, investigation, congressional hearing, what they said was their biggest concern was denialism, denialism, and that that's what why 250,000 children are currently not up to date on the schedule. There's no discussion about the safety of the schedule, which has never been tested for safety. There's no discussion about the necessity of the schedule, which has never been tested for that. There's no discussion of efficacy because they never do any after post-inoculation studies that are going to show whether the antibodies and the immune priming is actually effective. None of that stuff. It's all about getting a needle in every arm, because if you get a needle in every arm, especially with the designation of the U.S. Cures Act that Obama signed in on his 11th hour of his presidency, now they can get something to market without going through human clinical trials. The bivalent did not go through human clinical trials and it's going to be added onto the schedule. And as everybody sees, if you don't have your child up to date, your child isn't going to be able to get a public education that our tax dollars pay for. And if that's the case, now how many parents are like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to homeschool them? I can't. I'm, I have to go to work every day. Right. So now what they're left to do is give their child over to the government and roll the dice on this Russian roulette nonsense that's going on when their child was otherwise perfectly healthy and fine. No discussion about vitamin D, no discussion about vitamin C, no discussion about real actual health modalities, only a system of control. And if you don't buy into that control and you don't have the money to say bye bye to that control system, you are now basically a slave 
to that system, which is exactly what these eugenicists wanted. And Rochelle Walensky, I'm tired of her crap. She just came out in late last year and said, point blank, the CDC was it was responsible for some pretty serious, some pretty significant data errors. That is an admission of fraud. And when you have an admission of fraud, that means you have committed a criminal act. And when you have committed a criminal act in this country, you deserve to be investigated. And if a grand jury finds that you have committed those acts, indicted and sent to jail. And there's it's not denialism. It's that people have woken up that that system is killing people and now it's targeting our children. And if we don't have the courage right now to call this what it is and say, no, we are going to protect our children at all costs. That system is going to chew them up and spit them out. And we are going to see devastation for generations, unlike anything humanity has ever witnessed. This is not a moment where it's time to be polite. This is not a moment where it's time to be politically correct. This is a moment to realize this is for all the marbles now. These people haven't slowed down once, even though their product sucks, even though their product has failed to protect people, and even though their product has been injuring and killing innocent people left and right. They haven't slowed down once. They are not going to stop until we make them stop. And we can't make them stop by being nice, because if that would have worked, it would have worked in 2020 and 2021. We have to be done with that as a strategy. Sorry. And now I will come back. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Dr. H. And, you know, I, I think the, as, as the strategy shifts, I'm with you on the passion and the anger and getting it in there. I still believe we have to be peaceful, but it has to be, it has to be forceful, peaceful. It has to be aggressive, peaceful. It has to be no more Mr. Nice Guy, but we're using you know, our legal system, the congressional hearings, the um, the non-compliance, the shutting down of schools. We have to do all of those, everything within our power. Um, what we've got here is this beyond the, the medical issue, as you well know, they're going after society so that anybody who's not complying on these other areas, you're being labeled of a domestic violent extremist, a white supremacist, even you, Dr. H, I know, you're a white I know. supremacist. I know. I'm a white, my, my father's black, but I'm a white supremacist. Yes, yes I know. Yes. I've been labeled. Exactly, right? Yes. And and they're looking, they're looking to provoke violence so that they can say, see, we were right. And so as we do need to change shift gears, because it's good, it is so horrific and it's so beyond obvious. It, it, that it's it, time. Yeah, it really is. And I, look, I'm not advocating for civil violence ever. Right. No, not, exactly. Say, I'm not, let me rephrase it. I'm not saying I'm advising for it now. I won't say ever, because if they start bringing people with guns to people's doors to say, hand your child over and and we're going to put a needle in their arm, folks, we're in a different conversation at the point, that point. Right. Our, our, the contract that we signed when we were born was the constitution and the constitution isn't the thing that creates freedom it's there to protect our freedoms and that's the fine line difference we have to be aware of as as a spirit on this earth you have god given freedoms the constitution is the contract that's supposed to protect that 
because our founding fathers came from tyranny and understood that tyranny can show itself in any good intended society over time, that there will be evil people that try to treat the country as their own bank account, their own um, their own military for personal gain. We have, and the thing that drives me up the wall is there's not very many of them. When you think about the population of the of the of the zero point one percent versus world population, there's not a lot of them, but they are psychopaths. All right, they are absolute psychopaths, and they have a, a complete disconnection from what reality is because there's never been any accountability mm-hmm. for them. Right, mm-hmm. Epstein. When Epstein is about to be held accountable, what do they do? They off him. Okay. Mm. You know, they're about to release finally what what's going went on with him and everything. We'll see how much of that actually comes out. Bill Gates showing up on the island 36 times. Oh, I, I don't know why I was there. Please. Right. <laughs> you know, please give me a break. So what, what I, I think what where we're at, though, is, you know, we tried in 2020. We tried the reason approach. Right. Which was fair. Let's see if reason is going to work. Hey, we are seeing these other things over here. We found these problems. We found these anomalies. We found these violations of law. And we conducted ourselves, I think, I think too nice in many cases, but we we did what we felt was right at that time. 2021, same kind of thing, but you can see everything shifting. And then 2022, the wheels started coming off the bus, right? And so, and and rather than us be aggressive. We started asking for things. We're asking criminals to investigate themselves. I mean, think of this, the the idiocy of that. We're asking criminals to investigate. Please, sir, can you tell on yourself and put yourself in prison for the rest of your life or worse? No, they're not going to do that. So what we have to do is we have to, you know, people aren't going to like me saying this. I don't care. We have to grow a pair. You know, <laughs> yes. We, we really have to start as a society growing up here and saying, look, I don't care about your cancel culture. I don't care about your your social media shaming. I don't care about those things that you're doing because you are not going to get off of the main point. Children are being murdered. Right. And so, well, you that's an outlandish statement. Really? Go talk to Ernest Ramirez about Mm -hmm. that statement. Go talk to Simone Scott's mom about that statement. Go talk to Stephanie DeGary about that statement. Go talk to the people that actually live this every day because it's an acceptable casualty model, which we see in warfare that they've brought into the medicine field. It's acceptable casually until it's your casualty, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the thing why medicine and war can never have the same philosophy. War, acceptable casualty. Medicine, do no harm. There's a reason for that. And what they want to do is say, "Eh, you don't need to worry about this do no harm stuff anymore. Let's just all go into acceptable casualty because there's too many people on the planet anyway, according to who? Bill Gates? According to Bill Gates, who for some reason never graduated from anywhere but knows every damn thing. Okay. Yeah, sure. According to Bill Gates, he, he must know everything. He's got all the money or he's just the best of all the criminals. Right. So I, I just I'm at this point with all of this because, you know, it, I, I think we are going to be polite into our own grave if we don't start having some real conversations about this mm-hmm. and showing some rage about mm-hmm. this. I'm not suggesting that that rage should be displaced into violence or anything like that. 
but you have to let people know when you're talking with them that you mean business. No, I'm not going to let you just shuck me off and sidestep that question. How many times Uh did we see them just doing the Fauci fumble and sidestep a question? Uh And you let these, you let the, you got these toothless Republicans up there who are looking like they're doing something. And it's like, if you want to do something, do you know what you know what drives me up the wall about all this 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 dog and pony show? The what? second someone lies, yeah. that congressperson has the power to grab a U.S. marshal and place that person directly under arrest for that lie. That is contempt. All right, you are lying under oath. That representative, that senator who constantly lets themselves be lied to, can go and grab a U.S. marshal right out in the hallway and say, sir, hold the, hold the proceedings. Sir, I need you to come in here. I want that person placed under arrest for lying under oath. Wow. I did not know that. They have that power. Well, you want to know what's more? They have more power than that. They have the power to demand that a U.S. attorney present information that they have collected before a grand jury under 18 USC 3332, they have the power to do that, to say, hey, we want this before a grand jury, not for indictment, for investigation. A grand jury exists mm-hmm. to confirm or rule out that a crime has been committed. But do you see Rand Paul doing that? No. Do you see Senator Johnson? No. Now, these are good men, right? Mm-hmm. But you just get this sense that they are going to do the visual and not take the bold step that needs to be taken right now, the bold step of being unpopular. So do you do you think that right now with the uh, Congress, you know, things have flipped and they're doing these um, this congressional church style congressional thing with the FBI and the social media and the the anger that I'm hearing from you, I was hearing from every single congressperson grilling people from the the State Department, from the FBI. It was it was all there. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, do you feel like they started in the Mr. Nice Guy kind of like we did, mm-hmm. and they're moving to where you are? And I I pray that maybe they will move into that next step. And and they do, you know when the lying is that obvious and in the moment, if they've got the evidence in the moment to, we, to call we, that Marshall. We, we, have, we have the evidence. We've had the evidence yeah. for three years. Rand Paul has had the evidence. I've talked to Dr. David Martin. He delivered it to him personally. All right. Yeah. The evidence is there. The hope I have right now isn't in any of these, this, this circus that's going on. My hope is in the grand jury in Florida right now that they're actually moving forward and getting some stuff done. <laughs> Because, you know, where where I'm at with all this is like there's a reason that they call it political theater. Mm. Right. We are in we are watching entertainment. Oh, wait a minute. Some of those people actually have a point. Let's quell their rage. By giving them the appearance that something's getting done. Hmm. Right. And now we'll we'll bring Rochelle Walensky in and these other folks in and we'll grill them and it'll look really bad on a soundbite on TV. Maybe it'll look really bad on a social media video that gets clipped. And the and the person who was was asking the questions will put it out on their Twitter 
And now the dog and pony show continues on. And what do you see? Like, 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 comment, 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 tweet, retweet, retweet. <laughs> but no, nothing gets done. So you understand this, um, and Bob, you know, jump in when you want. Um, I, I tend to be the jumper. Um, you understand the difference between these, uh, the mechanisms here better than I do. So right now in Congress, there's a congressional committee that is gr- grilling people from the F- FBI and the State Department and everything. So And I was, I guess, under the impression that after they do a certain amount of grilling, that there are follow-up steps they can do to move it toward actual action of, um, you know, holding them accountable, criminal action. But can you compare that to what is happening in Florida with the grand jury investigation that DeSantis has called for? Mm-hmm. The mechanisms, um, if you sure. could explain the difference. Well, the me- mechanisms are actually the same, as I understand it. And I could be wrong on this, but as I understand it, they're the same. The congressional investigation is to, it, it, it is theater, number one. Let's let's call it what it is. It's theater. It's theater to see if there is a, uh, if it warrants further action by Congress, by the House of Representatives or by the Senate to create a resolution demanding something and if they can get a majority vote on that and and things of that nature. What what irritates me about that whole process is that um, you're not, in this day and age, you're not going to get majority on anything like that because- there's too much money from the lobbyists coming into these folks campaign. I mean, if you, if we really wanted to have an honest conversation, we have to have an honest conversation about how much money did you get from your campaign from Pfizer and Moderna or any of the subsidiaries that are trying to, you know, I mean, if we're going to have an honest conversation, we have to have an honest conversation right there because nobody who's gotten significant money from any of those organizations, any of those companies, any of those uh, philanthropy groups or Gavi or Bill and Melinda Gates, none of them are going to vote in favor of something like that, right? So now what you get is just a complete CF of, of people yelling back and forth and, and the dog and pony show again. What I'm talking about is the in- individual ability of a representative and of a senator. And it's very unpopular. Don't get me wrong. This is a bold move and it would make them very unpopular. This is a time when doing something that is right will make you a villain because that's how far gone we have, we have reached, right? So you're going to have to accept that you're going to have to be a villain here. Why do you Mm -hmm. think I wear black all the time? You're going to have to be a villain. Okay. If you want to do right here. Now, if you are going to do right, an individual in Congress has the right when they are being lied to and a person is under oath to grab a U.S. Marshal and say, arrest that person right there. And now maybe the U.S. Marshal says, I'm not going to do that. And now we have a big problem on air, but that's all right. We need to have that problem because the U.S. Marshal is supposed to be able to be instructed to arrest someone for a violation when that violation is obvious. Now, the process from there goes like this. Once a person, let's say uh, Representative uh, Massey or somebody made that bold step and said, you know what? I know you just lied. I can prove it. Arrest that person. Right. Now what happens is they're going to have to find a somebody to get that to a grand jury for investigation. The grand jury then would look at the substance of facts and go whether or not this would whether or not a crime had been committed in their assessment. If a crime had been committed, then they will return what is called a true bill, which means an indictment or a presentment, because either of those things can be, hey, you need to move forward on now giving this person their day in court with a trial by jury. Mm -hmm. 
And this is where this is the step that a lot of Americans aren't aware of. We all are aware of through law and order and everything of the trial by jury, right? Mm-hmm. The whole reason it even got to a trial by jury was because a grand jury investigated it and found that there was likely criminal activity and therefore they handed down an indictment. All right. Okay. So that's the process. So they could do the arrest. The, maybe something happens, maybe it doesn't. But at the very least, that creates the scene to get that person in those misstatements before a grand jury so the grand jury can decide based upon the evidence presented to the grand jury on whether an indictment is warranted. And therefore, that person then gets their day in court. See, I'm not against our system. Our system is great when it actually is used. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's what it's got to be used. So mm-hmm. what DeSantis did was said, hey, I think there's been criminal activity. I am asking the Florida Supreme Court to launch a grand jury impaneled for 18 months up to 24 months, but uh, it sounds like about 18 months, to investigate these specific things. Mm-hmm. That grand jury, once impaneled, is an unofficial fourth branch of government. Now, as a fourth branch of government, they don't answer to DeSantis. They don't answer to the Judicial Department, even the Supreme Court of Florida. They don't answer to the legislator, legislation, uh, excuse me, legislators in Florida. They're an independent fourth branch. And the reason they are an independent fourth branch is so that they can investigate corruption in government. That mm-hmm. entire <clears throat> charge of the grand jury system when it was brought over from England, believe it or not, to this country and installed as an unofficial fourth branch. And we say unofficial mm-hmm. because it isn't specifically stated in the articles as it doesn't have its own article saying this, but mm-hmm. what it does have is mentioned in specific articles that state it beautifully well. And then you have subsequent Supreme Court rulings like from uh, Chief Justice Scalia in 1992, which states The grand jury belongs to the people and it is an entity in its own right. All right. That it doesn't have to listen to a judge. It doesn't have to listen to legislators. It doesn't have to listen to U.S. attorneys or local. It it can do its job. And what's its job? To investigate allegations of criminal activity, particularly in government. Okay. Right. So this is why we've been going after it so hard for so many years on this and why we're going to keep going after it on this, because if there is Bernadette going to be a peaceful solution, it's going to Mm -hmm. be because a grand jury creates a peaceful solution by holding criminals accountable. Right. Right. So That's where we're at. I mean, we're running out of options, but that doesn't mean that the options we still have won't be effective. And we always have the most powerful option there is, and that's the power of no the power of non-compliance, the power of walking away from the pharma monster and just living beautiful, healthy lives and creating community and making them um, irrelevant to our so lives. Let me, let me tell you, let me tell your audience something that's not going to piss them off. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I don't leave everybody full of piss and vinegar on a Friday. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm pissed. Yeah. All right. But there's a reason to be pissed. All right. Mm -hmm. Americans are being abused right now by the pharmaceutical industry and by our own government because we are not holding them accountable. Abused. Stop saying what words so much abused or pharmaceutical pissed. Oh, 
Um, oh, sorry, because we are on AM radio, so I I, I apologize. I, I, I should have reminded I, I am, you. I am verifiably angry. Yes. Is that, is, can, I, can I say that? You you can. You can. I am, I am righteously enraged. I, I, I'll get more eloquent than with it. I am righteously enraged. Okay. But let's move into something else that actually is really cool. We've been, okay. uh, we're working with a lot of people who are severely injured by these shots. Okay. And when we're um, severe, when people are severely injured by the shots, they're very desperate, right? There's a lot of people out there very desperate for help. And, and what I've been trying to encourage people on is that, you know, there's no, there's no miracle cure on this. This is so intense and this is so multifactorial that, you know, we really have to have a, a definitive plan and we have to have a, a patience you know, with this as we go through this. So um, this week, what we, um, we we started really breaking down for people, um, you know, I've been working uh, really closely with Dr. Brian Artis and, and on, on, you know, how we're going to help people. And a couple of weeks ago, we started a really awesome, um, a really awesome class. Uh, we have about 70 folks going through it right now who are learning how to heal themselves and learning how to help other people heal, specifically um, due to the uh, genetic modifications and, and problems from the shots. So we're really excited about that. We're seeing some really phenomenal things in in patients who are a little bit further along, folks that I'm working with privately and in a volunteer basis. Uh, we're seeing some really positive stuff uh, going on with them, and we're moving them through three stages. Um, uh, stabilization of their decline. So we're really focusing on mitochondria with that. Um, secondly, detoxification. So we really clean out the cell structure. And then third, fasting, like you've heard me mm. talk about so many times, fasting, yes. autophagocytosis, DNA repair, yes. right? So um, one of the things that we we came across this week, which was was really, really cool, was that there are ways to neutralize, um, I shouldn't say this week, we've been coming across this for the last few months, but we, we've put together some stuff on how to neutralize the spike glycoprotein, right? Because there's 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 some things that have to happen when we're working with folks that are severely injured. You have to, you have to dislodge this, this spike glycoprotein from where it's kind of bound, you know? Um, and then of course now it's just circulating again and it's its own problem again. Okay. Then you, then you have to neutralize it. And this is where we're seeing a lot of, excuse me, a lot of people um, not understanding what neutralizes it. So imagine this, you have a spike glycoprotein like this, and it's going and it's kind of perfectly fits. And this is a receptor here and it fits into that receptor, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if you have another molecule in here, bind it so that it, or I should say neutralize it so that now when it tries to come in contact with that receptor, it bounces off. Okay. Right. And that, that's ivermectin has that ability to, right? To ivermectin, ivermectin has been proving itself left and right in my opinion. Yeah. You know, yeah. ivermectin, we have great study that came out on December 7th uh, for hemagglutination, showing that um, it, it can actually reverse hemagglutination, which is the sticky blood, this, the red blood cells getting all stuck and clumped together during a, you mm. know, during a, during a, a clotting situation. Okay. Um, so ivermectin. I have no problem with ivermectin whatsoever. I do have an issue with hydroxychloroquine. Um, hydroxychloroquine has a terminal elimination half-life of 40 to 50 days, which means it's, it bio, the, the higher the terminal elimination half-life of any compound, the longer it stays in the body and the more likely it's going to bioaccumulate. 
So, okay. uh, so I've, I've been actually on a different train with hydroxychloroquine saying we should not be using it pro, uh, prophylactically. We, uh, we should, we should only be using it in acute situations and in acute situations where it is absolutely necessary to use okay. it. Um, but for ivermectin, much lower terminal elimination half-life, typically about 12, 13 hours, right? Mm. So it's not nearly as toxic or bioaccumulative. All right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So far? Okay. So, um, so ivermectin has been fantastic um, in so many ways, and it's probably in in, in the in the pharmaceutical in the pharmaceuticals <laughs> pharmacopoeia. It's actually maybe it's only natural medicine in there because oh. so it's like maybe that's why it's so effective. It's natural medicine. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other in there that you can't get access to, like ceramin and a few other things. But mm-hmm. um, but at any rate, um, what's really interesting is we've started developing a tea recipe for people who want to be able to gently neutralize the um, spike glycoprotein, especially people who are concerned about shedding, people who didn't get the shot and are concerned that when they go out in the company of people they love, you know, I'm a little worried because every time I come home, I feel a little bit off. Something's wrong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we want people to be around each other and not have to worry if somebody got the stupid shot or or not. Right. And just, Mm -hmm. you know, you're fine. So we knew about, we all know about vitamin D, hopefully by this time, 15 nanograms per milliliter. Right. (laughs) We we all know about vitamin C and vitamin A and zinc. And, 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 uh, and, you know, I think there's, you can never do without a really good multivitamin to help drive energy production. So these are some basic things, right? Hopefully people have, heard about Dr. Sabine Hazan's work with uh, um, bifidobacterium, that people with severe Mm. infections typically had absent uh, bifidobacterium in their microbiome. So bifidobacterium, very important as well. Um, But when we're talking about teas, teas are very interesting because teas you can think of as as medicinal water, really, you know? getting really good hydration, but you're putting all these medicinal compounds in there as well. So first and foremost, to make a good tea, you use distilled water. Distilled water has a concentration grade in it that makes it into a sponge. So it starts extracting things that mm. it comes in contact with. So it's going to get a little bit more medicine out of the herbs than, than uh, something else, than, uh, than just a regular water. And of course, we should never use tap water okay, mm-hmm. for, for anything, maybe bathing at best, right? Um, so we, we've found some neutralizing agents. One of those is very common, licorice root. Mm-hmm. Licorice root has a active um, uh, component in it. I believe it's a triterpene uh, called glycyrrhizin. All right. And glycyrrhizin is one of those molecules that can come in and grab the spike glycoprotein and likely kind of make it unable to bind to certain ACE2 receptors or nicotinic receptors. So pretty cool. cool. All right. Uh, so that's one component of it, but uh, licorice root does something else. It prevents viral replication. So if you're worried about, yes, right. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Now we've also this little side note here. We have this um, issue. Have you heard of the um, L-arginine and everything and, and yeah. L-arginine and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a this is a little thing we, we we're starting to get out there to people. We got to really teach folks on this. A lot of people are taking L-arginine and taking it in very high doses, and it's great stuff. L-arginine is fantastic, and I love Cardio Miracle. Love it, love it, love it. 
Okay. And a lot of people, do they take, that's when you, if you're um, bodybuilding, a lot of times you'll be taking a lot of. LRG. Right. It, right. It, 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 it sparks nitric oxide and, and therefore it creates vasodilation and, and better blood perfusion to the uh, muscles. So yes, it can be, mm -hmm. it's great for athletic performance or post-athletic performance. The problem with L-arginine though, as a amino acid is that it also stimulates viral replication. Ooh, okay. So you can have latent viruses in the body, Epstein-Barr, cytomegalovirus, things like that. That's why, you know, you get cold sore flare-ups if you're too high in it and too low in L-lysine. And most oh, people, God. coffee and chocolate are high in L-arginine, oh. right? Yes. Boom. Yeah. Yep. You're yeah. crushing it, right? So <laughs> what we have to do when we are talking about using L-arginine is we have to make sure we are balancing it with at least equal amounts of L-lysine. Good. All right. And that's mm -hmm. the message that we're starting to get out to folks because we have seen some people severely injured. They're very likely to get reinfected. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we're taking things like licorice root, like L-lysine, that definitely interrupt the viral replication pathways on multiple levels. I want to, um, back of my head, I'm thinking, I've heard a lot about licorice over the years, um, but I believe it does come with a, like a caveat, see your uh, healthcare practitioner who knows it, because isn't there something about, is it bleeding or it's not safe in pregnancy? There are a couple of conditions that you got to be careful with um, licorice root, if I recall. Can mm -hmm. you remind us? Yeah, the, the published, the, the, the general consensus is that you are worried about going hypotensive. You're also worried. So that's where it comes in for pregnancy. You don't want a mom going hypotensive. It could be problematic for um, for uh, for the baby in, in the womb, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, yes, always anything we're talking about here for educational purposes only, make sure you discuss them with your trusted medical team always, right? This is just information share. Mm -hmm. um, I will tell you this, Bernadette, I've been using licorice root for decades myself and I haven't had any problems with it. I've mm -hmm. also been using it for decades on patients and I haven't seen these things that supposedly can occur. So can it occur? Yes. The, but the likelihood in my experience has been very low of okay. its occurrence. Okay. So it's in my, in my book, it's a safe herb. I don't use toxic herbs. I don't use herbs that, um, that have a toxic profile or potential okay. with them. Okay. What about eggs? We are all hearing that <laughs> that the egg yolk has binding properties to the spike protein. Is that true? I haven't gone down the, I, I guess it's not the rabbit hole. It's the chicken nest to right. find out, you know, as chicken eggs are disappearing off the shelf. But um, is that one of the things that you have found helps uh, neutralize and get rid of the spike protein? Um, not eggs, not egg yolk. Um directly, but yes, you know, egg yolk is totally great from the cholesterol standpoint and cholesterol is going to be a building block of, of, um, cortisol and so many other reproductive hormones and things like that. And if you don't overcook it, egg yolk is high in cysteine, right? One of the three amino well, that, acids. You that's that's now, now, so now we, we move over a little bit, right? Cause yes, okay. that's, that's where we would go with it. So when we're looking at neutralizing agents, Things like glutathione um, and NAC and um, vitamin C, they're not neutralizing agents for a spike glycoprotein. They're dissolving agents. Ooh, dissolving. So it's, it's actually a little bit better when, yeah. for people who are eating eggs. If you're not allergic to eggs, it becomes like me. I'm allergic to eggs. So if I eat yeah. an egg, I, I, it's not like anaphylaxis, but I, it's 
it's the cost, the, 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 the benefit isn't as great as it's for somebody who, you know, right. is going to can enjoy them. And I, and, yeah. and don't, don't rub that in my face. Cause I do love eggs and I, I <laughs> wish I could eat more of them. Um, but um, when we, when we get on this, it's going back to the neutralizing agents, I think is really important because people who didn't get the shot, if they use a neutralizing agent, that's going to make it you typically pretty safe in our opinion for them to go around be exposed to people who might be shedding and have no concerns and it certainly minimize any post exposure things because mm-hmm. it's neutralized and then the, their immune system will take over from there and knock it out right nice um, so licorice root is one um another one is um going to be uh skull cap root chinese skull cap root all right, which is uh, really good. Another one uh, um, is going to be oolong tea. And of course, when Ooh. I talk about these, it's always organic, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want any pesticides. But oolong tea has two things in it that are very interesting. One is a terpene called uh, nerolidol that apparently does this same thing in terms of the spike protein. It actually can bind it and and neutralize it so that now when it tries to come in contact with various receptors, it can't, right? That doesn't mean it doesn't have glycosylation sites all along the body of it, okay? So the glycosylation sites are where it can stick to red blood cells and other tissues, but it means it can't activate receptors. So that's where the neutralizing agent is. Mm, Okay. Um, So you have licorice root, you have Chinese skull cap root, you have um, oolong, oolong, you can throw in some regular old green tea in there as well for the epigallic catechins. And then, um, and then the last thing, which has been really exciting, and I, I can't, I've, I've got some coming to me. I'm going to be playing around with it, hopefully in the next two or three days. Uh, Eastern white pine needles. So we've all heard of the mm. pine needle tea, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Well, here's the thing about the pine needle tea. <laughs> it has a ton of really great terpenes in it. But it's got that magic component called cerumen. Oh, seriously. The, and it's the eastern white pine. If I go out in my woods here and look for an eastern white pine, can I gather my needles and make some tea? If you can confirm for 100% certainty that it is eastern white pine. Okay. Okay. If it's because if it's lodge, excuse me, if it's lodgepole, if it's uh, balsam, if it's uh, any of the other Douglas firs or anything like that. Those are toxic. <laughs> it's sort of like mushrooms. You got to really know what you're doing. You better know what <laughs> okay. you are doing. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so don't just go, oh, I got a pine tree out there. And do-. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. It's, it's got to be an Eastern white pine. Okay? okay. That is, to my knowledge today, that's my all, the only pine needles that are actually safe for making into a tea for human consumption. Okay. All right. All the other ones are toxic. So you have a greater chance of finding one that's toxic than you do that's healing. So okay. make sure you know what you're getting. I might stick with purchasing them from a trusted provider. <laughs> this is a good idea. This is yeah. a good idea for us right here, right? It's a good idea. But think about it like this. If you are if you are bringing into your body this, this brewed tea, and of course, when you brew it, we want to make sure we have a lid while it's steeping on it because Mm -hmm. the lid will start to get a lot of condensation at the top, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. At the, but what it's also collecting are those terpenes and all and those medicinal compounds, so they mm. go back into the water. You want it, you mm. don't want it to just be steaming out because then you're losing the medicine. Um, and you know, if somebody want, wants to make a whole ritual of it, you know, you can go find one of those wonderful Chinese herbal shops where you've got the wonderful person behind the counter trained in China. I mean, there's some wonderful things about China. We hear about bad things about China, but their medicine is fantastic because I knew somebody who, you know, had been going through cancer and bought one of the special pots. I can't remember the name of it, but there's a, it just brews up teas like this so beautifully. Unfortunately, the one she needed for her cancer, they called stinky tea because it really was stinky, (laughs) Stinky Um, but you brewed it and it had the lid and it was this whole thing and it took a long time, but you got that very potent medicinal tea. So I I love the idea and I want to start being better about being ritualistic about preparing the food and, and drinks that I consume, you know, you know I got, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you're speaking my language right now. Watch this. <laughs> you know, I you got to send me your address. Okay. When, when we get off and okay. I'm going to send you a copy of this. Okay. I'm going to send you a copy of the book of tea. Okay. By Okakura Kakuzo. All right. <laughs> okay. This is a very popular book in the early 1900s, and this oh. goes into the tea ceremony. Oh, right, mm-hmm. all right. Because imagine this: there is a time in this world where people would have little small places to go and drink tea outside of their house, but just to go stop and you bring your tea out there and you bring your whole setup, and all you're doing is sitting out in nature, mm. enjoying some fresh brewed, of course, at that time, organic tea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's this beautiful, so, so it's a great book. It's a fun book. If you're getting into ceremony and, and stuff like that, and it's not religious for anybody no. listening or anything. It's just having a reverence for what we put into our body, which is pretty yeah. awesome. Well, uh, next week I pre-recorded, and I'm going to play it next week. Um, Dr. Dana Flavin, I'm going to have on, she's in the UK mm-hmm. and she's amazing. She's like you, she's all over the place. Brilliant with the research and the science, but then also that energetic side. Mm-hmm. And she talks about all that. And she was telling the story about this researcher with that. What is it called? Scalers light scalar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and how, um, one researcher was testing different things and trying to get a result. And with, with like a banana, he was getting no waves from it, but then he thought to himself, I'm going to eat the banana. And then Mm -hmm. the measurements were off the chart. Mm -hmm. So then he calmly thought, thank you for banana for giving your life energy to me. And the banana Mm -hmm. calmed down Mm -hmm. and it was measurable by these instruments that they have. It's a whole field of science I haven't gotten into yet, but, but it makes sense because cultures through the ages all of them have some sort of ceremony or of praying giving thanks before a meal and modern society to the for a lot of people that's gone you wolf your food down in the car on the way somewhere there's no gratitude there's no thanks and you know it's both science and spirit that is like we're missing (laughs) you know you're laughing no because i love it because we've gone from criminals doing crime the CDC to talking about something actually real. Real, it's, yes. This is real. This is a real human conversation. Like, think about this. I'm I'm up there pissed off. Oh, sorry. 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 I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I'm up there eloquently angry. And um, and you know, and and of course you can just you're just like I I'm, I don't disagree with this dude, but 
I don't know if this is the path, right? And it's like, right. look, I get it. I'm on a different path. I've been at this folk for over a thousand days. I'm on a different path, right? Yeah. But that's the thing that infuriates me is like that we even have to talk about this. Like, what are we talking about with that kind of stuff? They're they're hurting children. Shut it down. Shut the program down. Show some yeah. compassion, right? Mm-hmm. But what now we're having a real conversation at the end about showing this incredible gratitude for what is coming into our bodies, yeah. you know, and saying, hey, Mr. Banana, yeah. thank you. I'm going to eat you and we're going to work together. Thank you, Mr. Banana. And but, me, thank you so much. And if you haven't explored it or felt it, it might sound silly, but therein is real healing. Amen. You know? Yeah. There it is right there. And yeah. this is, I'm so glad we got to this space in the last couple of minutes. This is really good. Um, we are really on a roller coaster, my friend, you know, mm-hmm. and we rode to the top of that. We went screaming down, but now we're in this peaceful place. And I'm glad this is where we're going to leave you. Cause I know you got a lot of work to do. I got to so, go write a brief um, for the grand jury. There you go. The but have have that brewed tea beside you so you can turn and breathe and sip and then, you know, and refresh. I'm do that right now. I'm going to go make some tea and, and we're going to have some tea and I might put something else in it that is a good herb. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You, you do that, sir. I, I love that. Now, in the last minute we have here, um, please tell listeners if they want to support what you're doing or learn mm-hmm. more from you, where should they go? Um, if, if I didn't blow you out of the water with the first 30 minutes, go ahead and check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org. We're actually a lot nicer than, than <laughs> that. Okay. Very, very nice people. Good people you will like very much. Um, but that's where you can learn to really be free. I think if we're going to be free in this day and age, we have to have some basic skills. And among those skills is knowing how to really nourish our body and care for this mm-hmm. amazing body and this gift of life that God has given us. We have to know how to do that. And being grateful and being and showing that gratitude in everything, especially the foods we eat, like Bernadette is saying, is the perfect yeah. way to begin that journey. So if uh, for if no if you get nothing else out of this episode, get get a reminder that it's a great thing to give thanks before you before you eat with everyone that you love. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. Henley, Dr. H, whatever we call you. Um, I adore you. And thank you for being on this journey. There's a there's a time and place for I, I, I wish I knew the whole full accurate quote, but a time to be angry and a time to be peaceful. And as humans, we need all those ranges of emotions to have success. So thank you, my friend. Thank you, Bob for joining me today. It was wonderful to have you on the show as well. So everybody, you've been listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHDTV. We will be back next week. It's all about energy next week. I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. For over 25 years, PGI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PGI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit PGI dot org.
Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy, but we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.